0: What is up guys? My name is Lucas. Welcome to Just Being Real, a podcast by a pastor and his wife talking about the journey and being what God called him to be, a pastor. What's up guys? Glad you guys are here. Hope you like this podcast. Give it a subscribe. Enjoy. Well, hey, good to have you here with uh, on our podcast, uh, Just Being Real, a pastor's family perspective. Uh, I'm Rodney. And I'm Shelly. And we are the bald and the beautiful. I um, guess so. I just thought that up, <laughs> actually, I just like a couple of minutes ago. But anyway, hey, it's good to have you back with us on our podcast. And uh, man, we're so excited today. Hey, bef- before we get to our podcast, I, I do want to just say thanks for uh, listening. I know a lot of you have been sharing our podcast and, and that's not gone unnoticed, we are uh, pushing over 400 uh, downloads, I think, right now, and um, and this is our eighth, yeah. it's our eighth mm-hmm. episode, and uh, and we're we're excited about. It. We really are, and so we're thankful for that. Listen, if you uh, would wouldn't mind, uh, please go to iTunes or Spotify and leave a review of the podcast. And boy, if you really liked it, we'd love for you to leave a five star because what that does is just kind of ups us in the algorithms and and helps uh, our podcast rise up to the top. And so, uh, but it is, it's good to be with you. I hope you've enjoyed the other ones up to this point. Uh, we are, we're, we're, uh, we're excited about today, Shelly. So why don't you tell them why we're excited?
1: Yeah, we have a really good friend of ours. We've been friends for about six years. Her name is Erin Valente, and she lives up in Ashtabula County in Ohio. And Ohio, yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah. I know. I always do that. Let's give her address. Yeah. <laughs> just shows over to us. I'm just kidding. So we just want to welcome Aaron. If you are there with us, if you could just give us a little bit of background on you, tell us a little bit about you and ministry and where you began.
2: Yeah. So um, I am currently 40 years old. I live here in Ohio. O H I O, not O H I A, Ohio. It's the only and, state that people um, have to spell so, their,
0: you know what I mean? It's the only state that people have to spell their, their, their state's name. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, yeah, I was born and raised at the church where we're currently at right now. But um, when I went to college, I went to Mount Vernon Nazarene University, and I was studying to be um, a veterinarian. I was pre-veterinarian there and um in my junior year the lord called me into the ministry and i didn't really know exactly what that looked like except for um i knew it had a major evangelistic spin on it um because i was very concerned for people's souls and um so, yeah, after graduating from Mount Vernon, I got a pretty late jump on it. I ended up going to seminary. I went to seminary here in Ohio, um, at Ashland Theological Seminary. And I studied church growth and evangelism there. And, um, and thankfully came out uh, debt-free from seminary as I was able to um, work and go to school at the same time, which was part of my choice to go there. Um, and so, yeah, like I did. I answered a call to full-time ministry, knew that Jesus had a call upon my life. I knew that the only thing that I knew about that was I wanted to be intentional with the gospel to win souls. So I wasn't really, I didn't have a huge heartbeat to like necessarily have my own church or uh, or to be a worship leader or something like that. Um, it was more or less um any avenue that, that uh, I could have to really um, share the gospel of salvation with people um, was very much a, a major part of my calling at the beginning. Um, it's changed a lot. I shouldn't say change. It's not like I don't have that anymore. But I have found out through this, I don't know, through ministry, like other giftedness that I didn't know that I had. Um, but that's how it started.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know that uh, for just people who, who don't know us and don't know you, um, let me just give a little backstory story of, of our connection, you and I. Um, you know, Erin uh, uh, served on staff with me, um, I, I think, I do not remember, what it was a couple years? Um, two, two, three, something. It was, for her, it was probably 50 or 60 years, but I mean, it was two <laughs> or three years. And, um, so she was with me as we were up pastoring in Northeast Ohio and, uh, we had a great time up there and, and Aaron, man, she was on staff with us. And also, uh, I think at one point in time I had all females on my staff, which really made for a fun staff meeting. Uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy, but, um, but we had a great time and what our, what our thoughts were in the ideas of this, uh, podcast today is to share, uh, from a, a female pastor perspective. Now, listen, I'm, I know, and I hope we don't get a bunch of emails and people, you know, uh, from the, from the Calvinistic, uh, dynamic, you know, um, you know, saying things about women preachers and what we're, we're from a Wesleyan holiness theology and we do believe in ordaining women in ministry. And, uh, and so uh, that's just where we stand. I don't I don't necessarily you know uh, want to debate or anything of that nature. But we're we're very supportive of the female ministry uh, aspect and females in 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 ministry positions and pastor especially. So um, man, it's so good to have you with us. And uh, hey, I I just wanted I know that you kind of uh, uh, you shared with us a little bit about your background. How many kids you have? Um, you know uh, what what are you doing right now in ministry?
2: Yes. So I have one, my youngest right here with me, um, who's sticking his tongue out at everybody, if people see him. Um, (laughs) So we've got four kids. I'm married to Micah, and I have a seventh grader, Leah, a fifth grader, Ava, a second grader, Jace, and um, an almost four-year-old preschooler named Kane. Wow. And um, yeah. so yeah, we've got four kids here. Oh uh, Yeah. Okay. Go
1: on, <laughs> Goose Nugget. And then. Um, you're a busy woman. That's just life. Like you're catching the real deal here.
0: <laughs> and, and, um, and you're homeschooling and, right now.
2: And right now in ministry, um, right now the Lord, I'm with in Kindle Ministry and the lord has uh shifted and refined my calling recently and um i am called into our county and one of the things that um that he the lord has just given me a burden for is to see revival happen in our county and so the team that um that i've built up around me um that's just what we've been crying out for um we're it sounds crazy, but like, here's, here's my ministry in a nutshell. And I absolutely love it. Ministry in a nutshell looks like this. Um, praying without ceasing. Yeah. And we gather weekly for prayer. And I really hold to this. I really believe that nothing is going to change in our physical world until it first shifts in the heavenlies. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood right? So we're not battling our governor. We're not gathering battling these people who are making the rules or the school system or the people that all live in the same block. They're all dealing drugs around us, or we're not battling that stuff. The battle's not against flesh and blood. The truth is these people need the gospel of salvation. They need deliverance yeah. from their sin mm-hmm. and they need Jesus. And so what we've been focusing on is crying out for people across our county. Um, um, and really, calling upon the name of the Lord to come in and to move, and and that that people would you know become new creations. That He opened doors into different areas of the county, and He's done that. Um, yeah. You know, I was all ganked up and like excited about where we were going as a ministry team. So first, we were in prayer. We were seeking His leadership um we were we were getting um everybody was defining what their spiritual gifts are um and so we did a really big study about i didn't even know that the trinity gave gifts god gives gifts in romans 12 jesus gives gifts in ephesians 4 and the holy spirit gives gifts in first corinthians 12 through 14 and so we began studying what these gifts look like mm-hmm. and finding out like wow god has given each one of us gifts And they're to be used redemptively to tell his redemptive story to the lost and to the world and to minister even within the body of Christ. And so as people began finding like who they are in Christ and who God made them to be, we've been watching people start to walk in their giftedness. And when you walk in your giftedness, it's exciting because you actually sense that you are the person God created you to be and you're not frustrated. Right. right. And I don't look like you. You don't look like me. Like I, you know, some of you are really heavy with a gift of mercy. And, and I'm more of, a. I have more of a, from Romans 12, prophetic gifts. I love to declare the word of the Lord. I love to speak the things of God into people's lives. And mm. he's just really wired me that way. I think like that all the time. Like, how can I share Jesus with this person? How, what would Jesus say in this situation? So Anyway, he opened the door into um, into an area as we just sat before in prayer, um, and it is an impoverished area um, mm-hmm. in our in our village, and um, it's a it's called the DFC trailer park. And <laughs> when we laid this out before the Lord, and we were like, Lord, we don't know what to do. Like we really had different ideas of where this ministry was going to go, but everything shut down with COVID nineteen. We were quarantined and stuff, and mm-hmm. I was getting phone calls from the superintendent and the lunch program at school and from boy scouts and all these different people saying, can you, how do we serve food to people who are hungry in our community? And in that process, like our church jumped in and we began delivering to people who couldn't get food to their houses because a lot of people live in a very poor area. Right, and right. a lot of people around here depend on, and it's like, I think it's like, of kids in our school system depend on breakfast and lunch. Yeah. And that's where their square meals come from.
1: Right. Uh Dinner
2: might be spotty at their house. And so that was just like, not okay. You know, and we were learning about the fast in Isaiah 58. If you want your voice to be heard on high, look after the poor.
0: Right. Right.
2: That's what he says. Mm. Well, look after them. Like, don't come and just pray. Like you're going to go look after the poor in your neck of the woods. And when we were there, um, we prayed with so many people. We had $1,100 just given to us to say, go feed these people. Right. Well, like, it was amazing. And yeah. so the Lord opened up this door. And since then, we've had two salvations there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done a wedding there. <laughs> and it's just been this ministry of loving people, feeding people, um, sharing the gospel with people. We had a lady run out of her her house and say, can somebody please pray with me? I have, and she's like, everyone is mad at me. I've stolen money from people. And she just starts confessing. She's like, I'm addicted to spending. I tell people I'll pay them back and I never pay Mm -hmm. them back. And now everybody's mad at me. And so like, we just, God opened up this door there and people literally come out of their houses when we drive back there. Yeah. And, wow. um, yeah, and so, yeah, we've been taking we this month in September, we'll be taking the gospel again out there. Um, and we've got a new group of people um, that are really excited. And it's actually we're actually pulling from two to three churches now that are helping out Good. with ministering um, very evangelistically.
0: So really, your ministry has changed because you, you were filling um, the role of a typical pastor. Uh, sure. you know what I mean. Um, when I see typical church-related, paid by the church kind of dynamic, and so wh- how long how long has that been for you now that you've been out of that role and into this role now? Since February. February this year, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so w- with that, how how has time? It, 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 how has that been as far as uh, like like just for example? Um, you know, we we understand that ministry uh, affects our family. It affects our children. And I don't mean that necessarily in a negative way. I'm, I'm talking a positive way as well. So how has this, uh, this dynamic affected you, uh, in, in, in the change from going from a typical, you know, pastoral position to now you're, you're in this ministry role that's untypical.
2: Yeah. Um, one thing was financially I went from a known paycheck to hey you're gonna raise funds like a missionary now <laughs> yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so um, that was a huge change. I will say this that um, the Lord has provided mm-hmm. absolutely has provided um, it was hilarious actually the way things happened it was it was like literally a phone call on Wednesday that says can you preach on Sunday? Yeah. or I need to I need to go away for this or I have a wedding that I need to do so could you fill in the pulpit and I put my name out to the zone who then kind of put my name out farther into the district and I mean I was traveling down to Mount Vernon to preach I've gone down there twice to preach and so like the Lord opened up those opportunities but the other thing is, is like there were so many funerals that I did And those are unexpected. I mean, you don't know. And so like some of them were graveside because of COVID. But like um, what the Lord did was he made me, this sounds really crazy, but he made me a pastor to pastorless people. Mm. So like these people do not go to church anywhere, but they need their weddings done. They don't go to church anywhere, but they need their funerals done. And so um, it was kind of crazy because in this time, I felt even more bold. And just really holding out the gospel in all of these situations. And I thank the Lord for them. I mean, like, like, yeah, it's been, it's been really crazy. The, um, just the different things that the Lord has provided. Yeah. And so.
0: So how about your, how about your husband? How about your kids? How are they
2: working through all um, this? My hubby, uh, went down with me to, um, So we went down for some um, just kind of like boot camp, like equipping and training um, down to Tennessee. We went down to Lebanon, Tennessee, to the City Takers Training Center. And um, and he went with me and he had carried a lot of wounds from our first ministry experience in Mm -hmm. um, Michigan. And um, and that was a question that I was going to get into. But um, and so in that experience, there was a lot of comparison of his giftedness versus my giftedness. And in that, because uh, we served in ministry together, yeah. um, some things were said by board members or parents at the church that made him feel inadequate. Right. And um, and we could name specific people and specific things that were said. Um, all people that we have forgiven, but um, your words carry assignments
0: straight yeah. up like you yeah. can bless
2: and you can curse with that tongue and so you know we didn't really understand that at that phase in our ministry and so um, he was very hurt and became very guarded
0: mm-hmm. and
2: um, and as far as putting himself out there in ministry, he carried around a lie that um, really that he wasn't good enough. Yeah. And he wasn't adequate and he wasn't me. So he wasn't good enough. Like he didn't have those gifts that Aaron has. So it must be that Aaron is called and I'm not called.
0: Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. our gifts
2: didn't look the same, right. which is such a lie. That, exactly. That, um, yeah. But what it did was it shut down his voice and he yeah. didn't really speak very much. And so while we were there um, in this period of time, Um, the Lord used this group of prayer warriors and it was hilarious. It was like, it was like all God wanted to do that week was love on my husband and heal him. (laughs) That's all he wanted to do that. And so, um, and the, the real thing that he did was he made the two one again.
0: Yeah.
2: So like, it wasn't just Aaron's call to ministry and Micah watches the kids,
0: Mm. Right. you
2: know, uh, which he works full time anyway, but I'm just saying, like he, he knit our hearts together again. And um, a lot of those lies were dealt with and broken off of him. And he began to find who he was in Christ again and being like, no, this is who I am. I am. This is us. Right. And so that week, it was amazing because they commissioned us. Like, commissioned us oh, back in year, but nice. they co yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. They commissioned us, and it, um, the Holy Spirit had even said to them before we got there, like, they had it written in a journal, God is healing a marriage, and there is a commission going on this week. Yeah, and it was us,
0: you know, it's interesting. <laughs> so it was
2: so awesome. Like, the Lord did that, and um, yeah. it's just been phenomenal, Leah and Ava have both answered calls to ministry they both specifically heard missions in their Mm -hmm. heart and their mind to be a missionary to others and um and my daughter like gets up in the morning she's in uh, she's 12 so she's been in the word and it's just it's so cool because even like she's been having dreams and then they're like god dreams Mm -hmm. of like People getting saved or like, yeah. just like amazing things. So he's been putting dreams in the kids' hearts, yeah. and um, you know, Jace is seven and Caney is four, and they both love Jesus and they're growing in their own unique ways yeah. and everything. Um, but you know, they're just there. Caney will tell you, "I'm a prayer bulle." Yeah, um, yeah. So. <laughs> what would you but, um,
0: What would you say to people who would that. who would say something about? Um, well. Okay, you're you're called to to the ministry. You're called to preach. You're called to be a be an evangelist, a missionary. So so yeah, your your family would experience this. It, but my family's not called, or I'm not called to be a preacher. So so my family's not going to be accessible to that, or be called by God to do stuff such things. What would you say to somebody like that?
2: Don't believe that lie. Yeah. <laughs> Because when you, we get into the the role of like comparing giftedness and comparing, I, let me just scratch all of that. And what I'm going to do is throw out that. I'm throwing that out. And you, we are called to Christ. Right. Yeah. We are called to him. We are called to a heavenly father that has a unique destiny, a unique plan that before he even formed us, he has that upon our lives. And so what he wants to do actually is awaken each of us, to the plans and purposes that he has for us right. here in this world. We were born for such a time as this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like we all answer the call to Christ to come and die, to come and pick up our cross daily. Yeah. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm a professional. I feel like I'm more of a tent maker right now. Right. But the thing is that my husband had to answer that call to Christ. He's a, He works at the post office. Yeah. But he was awakened to his call to Jesus to take Jesus to the post office, right. and um, and so like whether or not we get some paid position or not, um, this is not a paycheck thing. This is an answering the Holy spirit has called us by name Mm -hmm. and he has that for each person that follows, follows Jesus. So, um, he has called us to be ministers of reconciliation.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Whatever scale that is is whatever scale that is, but we all have to answer that call or not to Christ. And we all get to share in the Holy spirit. Amen. So we all have gifts of the spirit. So I, I just, I, I can't wrap my mind around some of us are called, some of us aren't, i would say that the official callings if we're really if you look at 1 corinthians that paul wrote to you with the gifts of the spirit those were for the church
0: right mm-hmm.
2: they're for the church right if you look at romans 12 those were for the church god they're part of the body the church that god has given for each of us now if you look at ephesians 4 god has called some to be apostles prophets evangelists shepherds and teachers those are more of like Leadership roles in the church. Those are platforms. So there will be times in my life where I might be in a platform paid position. You know what I'm saying? Yep,
0: yep. Like that
2: might be my role. But so that could be what Jesus called me to, or it might not be for everybody to be in a role of leadership on that level. So that's what I would say is the difference is that we're all called to Christ. We all share in the Holy Spirit. He has gifts for all of us. Good. So
0: exclude yourself. Amen.
1: So being in ministry, have you found it hard to be real, Um, be yourself? Is it attainable or not?
2: Yes and no. (laughs) There's part of me that's like there's a desire to be authentic and to share the things that are going on. I have a really strong desire for that. Um, Whether or not it's always been received is a different thing. Um, And so I like those elements to preaching or teaching and uh, and personal things that are going on. I have, I was advised a long time ago that um, there are certain things about my own walk that I might only share with my husband and a select close few. And you have to use wisdom for that. Yeah. Um you know maybe some struggles that I've had or whatever. So I do I long for that I long for that really close knit group of people to be able to share with which when you transfer churches that's a really hard group to establish because who are the people you can trust?
0: Right. You know what I mean
2: that to let in like that. Um So yeah, I mean um I do value that The one thing that has been difficult is that recently, in my desire for more of, can you hear my kids? They're really loud. Do we need to quiet them?
0: We we can hear them. I mean, that's entirely up to you. I don't think they're coming through that. hold on
2: a second. Ava, go to another room. You guys are super loud. It's not edifying the church on this Zoom meeting. Please (laughs) go to another room. (laughs)
0: And folks, so, um, this is what we call just being real. I know it. This is just um, being real.
2: Okay, your question again was about being authentic. Yeah. So the thing that has been hard is like, I would say in this journey and where I'm at right now, I just want to be intimate with my heavenly father. I'm learning what it looks like. To be like Jesus in the sense that, like, I, I turn to my father, he says, I don't do anything without my father prompting it first, mm-hmm. I don't do anything except what he says. So I'm in this place of wanting to listen, wanting to worship, wanting to be at his feet. And so, if I can be really honest, <laughs> right now. Sure. Um, There have been times that I've I've been tempted to believe the lie, like in worship, as I'm offering my heart, as I'm praying, as I'm praising, if I get on my face before the Lord in a worship service, that, um, sometimes I feel like, Aaron, you're too much. This is too much. Mm -hmm. And the other side of me is like, yes, but this is what I want to give to the Lord. And this is my desire. And I want to live Humbly, like on my face before him. What do
0: you What do you and think so is the reason, Aaron, that you say that you feel like it's too much? Is that because of the concern of maybe what others appear to be thinking, thoughts and all? Is it Is it Does that hold you back from being authentic and real uh, because you're concerned about you know some possibly backlash or? you know, repercussions of, of somebody who just doesn't understand, but they'll say something, you know, really hurtful or or, or let's just be honest, stupid. Yeah, I said the SP word. So I, we
2: literally have some, had somebody, I was invited to somebody's church to preach. And oh my word, the worship was so good and we were worshiping. And I'm going to tell you, there were just some things that the Lord was having me pray about. I'll just say about that. And so I, you know, I got on my knees at my pew Uh, and I, and I just kind of got on my face and I prayed, I just prayed right there. And we literally had a person say, I will never come back for that female preacher. She's too emotional. And, um, and she felt I was showy. She thought I was all these things. So she tried to, you know, do, put that stuff on me, which she doesn't even know what was going on in my heart. You know what I'm saying? The the posture of my heart. So like there was that outward form of like being judged for, for worshiping the Lord the way I felt compelled to worship him and to offer myself before him. Um, you know, and people might wonder, why are you doing that? Um, I'm just done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm
2: not reserved. I don't want to be reserved with my savior anymore. Right. It's like, I I just, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Um,
0: well I know that you part of it. Yeah, I know that you you talked about um, your husband Micah and and his previous ministry experience and such, and and I know you've kind of talked about the healing that's that's taken place uh, with that. Um, you know, I I think um, you know, do you feel like over these last few years, then since that that happened uh, until this last, you know, what it was it whenever you went uh, to this boot camp. Do you think that, would Micah say that he was playing maybe a role, that he just wasn't, you know, he just felt like he had been pushed into just playing a role in ministry opposed to being in ministry?
2: I would say, yeah. Um, And if I were to define that role, um, he started to believe that he was the support system of my ministry. Yeah. So like whatever that looked like to support me, um, but when it came to um, when it came to him being a witness yeah. and him being the person like, so excited to share something about Jesus, uh, he often let me fulfill that role, um, and so like but now it's different. Um, right. He, wants to share what jesus has spoken to him and he wants to share you know and so like um but yeah it was he's always been so loyal to me like into our family he loves us he loves jesus i don't know that there was ever a point in time where you i would say he didn't love jesus it's just that the enemy uses wounds can use wounds to sow lies in us and lies build up strongholds. And if a stronghold is there, it's hard to break, a stronghold is a wall. It's hard to break through that wall until you tear down that lie. Right. So, um, so yeah, I would say it was like a support role. He was loyal. Um, and really didn't, he believed the lie that he wasn't really called.
0: Right. Mm. Right.
1: Well, one of the things we do in our podcast, the biggest thing we try to, do is connect the church with the pastor. And I know you're not pastoring a church, but what kind of, um, if you could say anything to the church, you know, not necessarily any churches that you're specifically working with right now, but to connect the pastor and the family, um, what would you say without any repercussions whatsoever?
0: Yeah, it's just us here. It's Nobody's just us. Listening.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm in a no-name town in and- Ohio. Anyways, they can't find me, <laughs> right? <laughs> It'll be on um,
0: our Facebook page.
2: I'm so, I'm
0: just, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: to connect the, um, number one, um, I think anytime you feel distant with somebody, I think that if you spend time praying for them and blessing them, and longing for the best for them. I think prayer really knits people's hearts together in unity. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Even, if, even if you're frustrated with your pastor because, like, his shirt was purple on Sunday. I mean, That's a silly thing, by the way. Um, but praying, number one, um, and just upholding the family in prayer. Um, second thing is, um, and I really did think about this question. We've moved one time, well, I guess twice because we moved back but we moved to Michigan and i would say that the hardest thing for me um and, and even my husband too was it can be lonely mm-hmm. in ministry
0: yeah
2: and so you know if you if you go to a new place you don't even know where walmart is right. you know you don't even know where the shoe department is or whatever. And it's hard to find your way around. And I am so thankful for church, the people in the church that, that literally were show me kind of people. When we first got there, they're like, Hey, can we take you here? Hey, would you, and, and I think our pastor did this for us, but he encouraged people to have like that first two or three months we were there once a week that a new family would have us over for dinner.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because it was just an easy way to, uh, hospitality. I would say hospitality, hospitality is an easier way, whether you go to dinner, whether you have a bonfire, which I love bonfires, um, Mm -hmm. because it's just low key and hang out, um, or you have somebody over or you go together somewhere, um, that that's a really, it's a precious thing, especially when you've uprooted and you've taken your family to another place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for like, for like us, if I were to uproot all four of my kids, one of the first things I would ache for would be friendships for my children mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that their transition would be easier. Yeah. And even in that time there, and just being intentional with like finding friends yeah. and, and hospitality. And I remember, um, you know, when our babies were born and our parents were five hours away from us. And I remember that ache in my heart of just being like, Like, I just wish we had a grandma here and I could go grocery shopping without a screaming kid or a kid who's going to suck on everything that I put and, you know, get that oral stage. And it was just so difficult. Sometimes I did it and I learned how to be a mom, all those good things. I will say this, the people who stand out to me the most in my experience in Michigan are Auntie Joyce and Uncle Denny Weiss who were the people who said, Oh, I heard your baby had an ear infection. How's my baby doing? Okay. Well, mom, if you need a break, you bring him over here because I need to chew on those legs, you know? And like, (laughs) she was just so like lovey dovey Mm -hmm. that relationship, her, her calling me because my baby had an ear infection.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That was precious. And I wanted a mom. I wanted a grandma. I wanted family. And I, my heart longed for that. And I asked the Lord for that. I remember the day that I, I even jotted the date down when the Lord showed me, I, you know, for those of you who have left family and mom and dad and, and all these things, so much more, I will give you in the kingdom. Amen. I will give you that. Amen. And I said to the Lord one day, you said this in your word. Yep. And I feel like I don't have a family here. Hmm. Or who is our family? And then you get an Auntie Joy saying, how's my baby doing? And then she wants him to come over. So I go over there. The next thing I know, she literally is watching my kids one morning a week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, well, why don't I just make double tonight? And we'll have your family over for dinner. And we would sit. It got to the point where they took us up north with them every summer on the 4th of July. And we spent the night at their cabin on the lake.
1: Oh, nice. Wow. Nice. It was
2: nice. that kind of relationship. Yeah. And there were a ton of other people that we weren't that close with, but we had bonfires with them. Right, right. Or they came to our house, you know. And so if I could say anything to the church, as they welcome a pastor's family in and that pastor serves in their community, show them hospitality.
0: Yeah. I think yes, you, you, you said two things. You said number one is pray for them. Yeah. Number two, show has, hospitality. I, I, I and, and let me just uh, make sure that you know. It, 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 I would say there's also a right way of praying for and not a wrong way. Here's my wrong way because I, I literally I remember somebody sharing this with me and they said it like it was a badge of honor to me. They said, "Well, that 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 pastor that was before you. Well, I drove by his house every day and I prayed that God would move him out of here." Yeah. Oh
2: wow. Okay.
0: So that's not the kind of prayer we're talking about, right? We're talking about praying uh, life into this family, praying joy and peace. Whether you agree with the pastor and the decision he's making or whatever in leading God's people, uh, you know. And 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 by the way, some of the craziest stuff that we argue about and fuss about has nothing to do with the kingdom building. Has yes. nothing to do with it. Whether you got your music played or not, has nothing to do with kingdom building. Whether you got, uh, you know, you got to. Um, you know, uh, have your donuts before church or whatever has nothing to do with the kingdom building. Whether you like pews or chairs has nothing to do with kingdom building. It has every, what, what we're talking about, what you're, we're asking to be prayed for about is about God's leadership within his life and mm-hmm. her life and about their family and praying blessings. And And boy, I tell you, I loved how you shared that with us. Uh, about this family that just kind of became your grandma and grandpa, your aunts and uncles, your cousins that uh, from afar. Hey, I want to just ask you one more question as we kind of uh get ready to wrap this up. You know, if you could say anything to the pastor to to help them connect with their church family, what would that be?
2: Be a hospitable leader. Because I just think that, you know, I don't know if you've ever talked to somebody, but when you're taught hospitality, so many things. But I just think that, like, um, (laughs) in being a hospitable leader, when I see someone in the grocery store and I'm not looking past them to go to the next thing to do, but I'm literally giving them that minute of time.
0: Yeah.
2: Or, you know, when you're just being available, or whether you have, people to your house. And when you have a bigger church, I know you can't do that with everybody, but figuring out how to be like hospitable and loving and caring to, to the flock as well as you can. Um, and really being just really available or listening or, um, you know, sharing your input, um, into their lives with love. Um, you can lead without being hospitable
0: yeah.
2: and really enter how do I say entertaining somebody's presence, like they matter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so like just treating people with like that respect of like, I care about you. I want to hear you. Even someone you don't even agree with, right. you know, and right. allowing that person to speak and to, to modeling what love and hospitality is, you know, yeah. just setting that table for fellowship. People are hungry for fellowship and they're, I think they're hungry for authentic friendship, authentic leadership, you know, to hear your heart. And so whenever you have that opportunity to really share from your heart um, and let somebody into that kind of fellowship with you. I mean, you can do that while you preach yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. or
2: you can do that in a Bible study or you can do that. But it just kind of sets that table for hospitality of like being real and authentic and um, a servant leader a kind leader, a loving leader. Yeah. That's Jesus. Mm-hmm.
0: Jesus. Amen. Well, I tell you what, we are wrapping up this time with you. And I know my wife uh, just has about 20 minutes of something. She, she just loved it. She just wants to goo all over you. She just misses <laughs> you. And we love you. I miss you. Yeah. Uh, it was, it's so good to be able to see you today. It was good to see Kane on, on the zoom oh. <laughs> uh, picture there. It was Uh boy he is getting big. Um, we, we thank you for taking time to be with us on this podcast uh, again our whole purpose is to is to be able to uh, help this relationship between pastor and church and church and pastor and and to you know just we've've we've, we've had it said about us and we really didn't go out to do this it just is us mm-hmm. we've had so many times in our ministry said people come up to us and say I mean, you're just real it, it, yes. it just seems like you're real and, 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 you know, we just, we kind of walk away, look at each other and go, well, what does that mean? Cause I, we're just being us. And I think what we've learned over the years is, is just to, just to be us. We, we can't be anybody else. We can't try to be a, a, a an Aaron Valenti. We can't try to be a, you know, somebody else, uh, you know, uh, we, we just have to be us. And I think in that, that's where God, that's why God called us. Is because of us, because of what's inside of us, the qualities and characters uh, that we have. So, I man, it's just good to, to be with you. Shelley, you got anything?
1: No, but it just—it was good to see you, girl. I miss you so much. I <laughs> know. Love you guys. Love I miss you. you.
0: We appreciate that. Well, listen, thank you so much for listening today. This has been fun. It's exciting. We've got a couple other interviews coming up in the next few weeks. And we'd love for you to be a part of that. How you can do that is on uh, iTunes. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Just Being Real, A Pastor's Family Perspective. Or you can go to Spotify or you can go to SoundCloud. Uh, And that's uh, where we kind of uh, drop our podcast on there. So we uh, thank you so much for being with us. And until next time, I guess, Shelly, what do we say? I don't
1: know. What do we say?
0: See you Uh, later. From the bald and the beautiful, we'll see (laughs) you. Goodbye.